Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Liming, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode 57 of the Play By Your Podcast. Uh, it has been a two-week hiatus, so uh, welcome our nine people in the room thus far, as the room continues out one date, and we run people off already. Man. Oh. Man. It's the glasses. It's the glasses, Brady. Uh, that's, it is the glasses. Ah, there we go. That went up to 11. We're, we're good. We... we uh, we damn near have the same glasses shape. I just realized that, Brady. I, 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 feel, I feel naked. <laughs> Howard, get welcome. Your, get your monocle, Fiscus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, true facts. I meant to tell you guys this the other day. My uncle does have a monocle oh, yes. that he wears. Um, well, he has, because he has an eye injury, he only has one eye that he could read out of well so there's no need for glasses so whenever he needs it he just kind of whips out the magnifying monocle does he wear it in the crook of his eye like no he just kind of holds it so it's not a mr peanut kind of monocle it's uh (laughs) you know you get some pretty good uh hello mrs griffin i would say you get some pretty big uh or pretty strong eye uh eye gripping muscles if you had if you were constantly holding a monocle yeah (laughs) Uh, could put a let Jerry Lewis get his fist in that. And you could put him to his knees. <laughs> would, that, would that be an eye sphincter? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. The eye sphincter. That sounds yeah. like something uh, Apple would came up with. The eye sphincter. <laughs> when yours doesn't work, still load it in your phone. You've got the eye sphincter. <laughs> Uh, good to be back, Mrs. Wilson. Great to have yes. you here as well. Thank you, Mrs. Wilson. Uh, Howard says, Brady, is that Tommy? It would be, yes. Yes. Uh, that would be him. Fellow fellow Ripleyites. Yes. Right? All right. Once again, welcome to episode 57 of the Play By Your podcast. Uh, just like 57 sauce, we make everything better. Right. Nice. Except in Brady's world, he doesn't. He doesn't do sauces and things. And we'll get that. Fifty-seven is no is no A one sauce though. Well, that's true. <laughs> it, it is a poor man's A one at, at, at its best. <laughs> All right. Well, the poor man. The poor man's A one is when these places try to get by with just having steak sauce on the on the table. Yeah, with yep. some off-brand steaks. Yeah. Why I just uh, skip it. It's like, no, we have steak sauce on the table. No, I need a one sauce from the back. <laughs> from the I back. Need you to go from your stash shelf. <laughs> I need you to go to the top shelf and get me right. the A one. I don't want the B two. I want the A one. <laughs> Visit our website www.playbyyourpodcast.com. Yeah, I got it right the first time, guys. Job nice. for updates on our show. And uh, other intricacies of the Play It By Ear podcast. You can find them all there. So please visit. All right. 
Uh, 16 people now in the room. Once again, uh, please sign in if you are here. Uh, Cynthia, welcome. Cynthia. Howdy, howdy. Cynthia. We've got a Celia and a Cynthia. Yes. Seas covered. All right. Uh, if you've never been here before, we do talk about three topics that each of us bring to the table individually. And we talk about those topics for 20 minutes ish. And it's always on the ish because uh, we cannot we cannot be contained. They cannot contain us. Can't stop us. They can only yes. hope to contain us. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, again, each of us bring you, Todd. You got you you, you got jobs. I'm, I'm working here. I'm trying to see. Did your liver Car- go out? Carry, carry on. <laughs> Do we need an ambulance? <laughs> that, to the surprise of no one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle Brewer in the house. Been a Mr. while since we've seen you, Mr. Brewer. Uh, Miss Wilson, just wondering, would you call a Cyclopses with the apostrophe S? Cyclops. I wear a monocle or glasses. That's a fine question, right there. That's a fine. timing, and that's perfect because we are currently reading Tales from the Odyssey right now, since testing is over, and just got through the. Uh, the part where Odysseus defeats Polyphemus in his cave. So for those for those of you into Greek mythology. Which so I am not. Polyphemus is a Cyclops. I've got a student that's very much into it. Yeah. All right. So uh, as you see us on the screen, that is in the order. I, get, I kind of made an executive decision, gentlemen. I just kind of put us in order. But uh, Brady will hey. start us off. Todd has a middle segment. I have the game in the last segment. So... With that, Mr. Liming, you okay. are up. In a true play-it-by-ear fashion, uh, we were kind of bandying about topics and just kind of went with one, and we're going to riff spontaneously, which is what this show is all about, right? So um, we're going to revisit commercials. Now, this is going to be a specific kind. We talked about classic commercials before in the jingles that say in our head for, you know, like, you know, where's the beef and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to go down a different avenue. We are going to be talking about commercials that make us very angry, that makes us mad. It makes us nonplussed. We don't like them. And sometimes it's irrational. Sometimes there's reasons you don't like them, and sometimes it's inexplicable, but it just makes you want to smash your TV, rip out your radio, or gouge your eyeballs out. So, um, I am going to kick it to Eric first, because I think he's been sitting on this one like a, like a hen house chicken. He's been, he's been sitting on this egg of this commercial that really makes him angry, so I'm going to let him fire away. Well, I'm, I'm going to start, and I, it's not a particular commercial. I guess it's a brand of genre. Hey, it's a brand. It's a particular, uh, a particular business, I guess, more so than a brand. But uh, currently running, and then they run. Uh, and I guess one of the things, and I'll, I'll get to what I have a problem with, but the commercial doesn't always appear in the same way every time. There is an annoying way and a non-annoying way. So I'll, I'll give you the business. And uh, the business is Mike Castrucci Chevrolet. Yeah. Now, now uh, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, gentlemen, I'll leave it to you before I say it. What about those commercials do you feel may annoy me? Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, we've never discussed this, and I think I could get it. 
What is it? From Milford. No, it's it's <laughs> Milford. Oh yeah, there you go. I was close. <laughs> now now sometimes sometimes he runs I guess tight on the thirty second spot and he does not get to do his little E Milford at the end. And he just says in Milford. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Okay, and I, I guess I understand as a uh, somewhat of a student of psychology that even annoyance can cause action yep. in, in, a, in an ad. Uh, I personally don't understand why someone would want to annoy you because I don't. I, I but I, but I have purchased automobiles from there. I did. I it doesn't <laughs> annoy me enough to not do that. I guess, but I don't well, know. Okay. The same thing can kind of go to to you know to songs things like that. You know, catchy can sometimes be, you know, a negative. Yeah, Catchiness, catchiness isn't always positive. Um, I'm gonna kind of go with it from the angle of this. You know, like when you were about six or seven years old, the girl that you kind of liked, you annoyed her to get her attention. Maybe it's kind of like that. That it becomes annoying and likable after a while. Yeah. Now, now, wait, 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 back. When, in God's name, did that ever work for you? <laughs> never, never, okay. ever. So, so you, because you just made the statement, it becomes likable after a while. That never worked. I've never seen it work. And obviously, I'm in elementary schools quite a bit. I've never seen it work. It tends to be, it goes the other way with that. Oh, but but do you think that there's something? Do you think that that kind of um, blossoms into the whole uh, nice guys finish last, the bad guy always gets the girl type? Do you think that could be a, a <laughs> could drive from that? <laughs> it worked for Todd Griffin. <laughs> there you Mrs. go. Griffin. <laughs> Nicely See? played. I, it, it's Nicely still working. Played. But but no, like because because think about it. I mean, you know, that's been the what? That's been the the theme to countless uh movies countless stories that the the you know the the jerk always ends up with the girl and is it is you know he's usually annoying now granted typically in the movies at least at the end of the at the end of it he loses said girl but he got her in the first place you know he i mean i think there's something to that i mean there, there could be but there but his be. jerkdom caused her to be lost could Correct. yeah or is it someone Opening her eyes, his or her's eyes. We shouldn't act like this only goes one way. Um, or is it because someone opened their eyes to said jerkness? Because the jerkness, the jerkness had such a stranglehold. It, had, it was blinding. Jerkosity. Jerkosity. Oh, man. All of this from in Milford. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so uh, uh, the audience is already coming in hot here. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Uh, Josh Michael, welcome. Lemu Emu. Yes, indeed, on my list. Ew. Absolutely, positively nonsensical is the word. I just don't understand. I, I do understand, but I don't. I mean, I, I honestly, that one, I never will buy Liberty Mutual Insurance because of that. It's just idiocy. I don't get it. I just don't like their little jingle. I don't like the way, you know, isn't that the Liberty Mutual? No, that's not right. Well, well that, that was another one of their ads. Yeah. 
That that was the one before they brought on the emu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Limu. Well, and they have the other ones where, like, the Statue of Liberty's in the background, but the emu is not present, nor is that uh. annoying guy with him. So they have they have several different angles. They, I guess maybe they figure if we saturate the market with our ads, we'll get the people who are annoyed by ads. We'll also get the people who are not trying to annoy. Maybe we'll work in both angles. I don't know. Yeah. I, I always... <sighs> Two that always stood out in my and, and I'm thinking because I was like looking here uh, when Brady announced his his topic. I was starting to look at some trying to cheat and look at some list of, of worst commercials and most of them are like in the last couple of years, which makes me think. That, I mean, I, I assume it's all younger people writing these articles that that you know, don't remember commercials or were just all commercials great from from our youth days. I mean, like, but I remember a couple that annoyed me. Um, the Calgon Take Me Away commercials always annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I have no idea. They just and and maybe it's because I was a, I was a youth and I didn't quite understand how tiring that you know that, that having kids and working a job it's and everything could like be. My- and, uh, but I'm like, I, it was just. I think it was just again the fact that someone that a shampoo, not a shampoo. <laughs> a, is it a shampoo or a bubble bath? It's, it's a, a bubble bath. bath. It's a bubble bath. Yeah. But that that could actually make you escape your hellish life yeah it's like open up this bottle it leads to matriarchal abandonment yeah Calgon took her away yeah but uh, yeah and, and that go ahead sorry go ahead go ahead sorry. i was going to say and then speaking of, of local uh I, um the jeff weiler commercials always bugged me the hello i'm jeff weiler i just from the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I mean, there wasn't much to that. It was simple and it worked, but it it, it ate into my brain. I just, I hated it. Hello. Hello. Sorry I'm for Jeff anyone Wilder. who is friends or family of the Wilder family or works at the uh, Jeff Wilder. I mean, it's, but still, yeah. just the commercials always bugged me. They went away though. I mean, I don't, I don't, of course, again, I, I yeah, Je- Jeff Wilder's had a low profile lately. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably getting up in years though. What I've seen his son on those things though. Mm-hmm. Can I get to Mrs. Wilson here? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, on the I'm trying to read it. All right. Uh, Miss Wilson has one poise commercial that says the woman has poise under pressure and poise in her pants. <laughs> 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 and uh, Howard says uh, he agrees. It sounds like she has poison in her pants. <laughs> 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 I, I think poise is one of those words what? that always annoy me because it has the oi sound in it. But also, whenever I think of poise, there's a facial expression that comes to mind. And it's, not, it's like poise. <laughs> and it's a little bit of haughty. So someone who <laughs> has poise, I imagine them walking around going, I, I, I guess if I were to uh, partake of a feminine hygiene product, that'd probably be a look on my face, too. <laughs> I mean, like as of right now? Well, or if you, you got to appreciate, you gotta appreciate the alliteration of she's got poise in her pants. <laughs> There's a is lot that, of alliterative words. Is that poise in your pants, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> uh, and uh, Sarah, welcome, Sarah. Uh, she says that's the one that came to her mind as well. Uh, Allison, uh, play by your podcast Hall of Famer earbud. 
uh, she's talking about how annoying can be uh, endearing after a while. I could have choked my husband out <laughs> because he picked on me and messed with my coffee when we were in Iraq. And I wanted to do bodily harm to him, and now we're married. Wow. And, I, and you know, that's dangerous because, I mean, people have weapons and stuff in the military. I mean, if you avoid yeah. too much, it's like, come on. That's Alice and I, I, or I appreciate your uh, willingness to not shoot him when he annoyed you, I guess. And thank you for your service. Yes, thank you for yes. your service. I, you know, um, Brady, you kind of went off on a little tangent there, but I appreciate it because I never realized how much I dislike the word poise either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that word. The people that don't like the word moist, I, I, I top your moist with poise. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than a moist poise. Howard hates help I've fallen and I can't get up. I always hated those too, yeah. Now, Howard, you forgot the trademark on help I've fallen and I can't get up because they've trademarked that. If you watch those commercials now, they have the little trademark symbol beside I've fallen and I can't get up. So, uh, yeah. It's the but, same woman that did the clapper. <laughs> who is the most annoying speaking of annoying commercials like it, it, there's a hilarious story when my dad bought the clapper and my mom and I got to uh, crack it up laughing because he installed it and for those of you unfamiliar with the clapper <laughs> I guess I should you, explain you, you, you know what I'm sorry you know what flew through my mind when you said when my dad bought the clapper <laughs> It's a TV 14 show that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, your dad should have stayed off the streets or something. I was going to say, my dad never had short leave in Shanghai. So. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, um, but like he, he installed it and everything. He's like, watch this. And he did a nice, you know, uh, very, what do you call it, dignified clap. Okay. Like, like the grandma in uh, 16 Candles when she's trying to wake up Long Duck Dong. And she's like. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it wasn't like that at all. Wait a minute. Is that the first Long Duck Dong reference of the podcast? It might be. I didn't even mention the donger. Lots of cooking hot stuff. Right? No, and, wait a minute. Um, it, w it wasn't the grandma that did that. It was the grandpa. The donger. The grandpa the did. The donger. Because <laughs> he. <laughs> she walked up beside him and went. Dong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the dignified clap. And uh, it is, you know what the sad part is? Everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. Yes. And, um, but anyway. I don't know. I don't know if. It... Go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, I don't know if our younger, does our younger audience know who Long Duck oh. Dong is? It's a class. The dongster, as you as you call him, the donger, the donger. Dong. Not to be confused. Not to be confused. Both talking to you. <laughs> Thank you for the say, I, I just say you would know that. Yeah, but uh, not to be confused with uh, Richard Stabone on Growing Pains. <laughs> Boner uh, Stabone, aka Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yes, they did. They got the no. They got the boner part from the stabone. The stabone is what they got the. It wasn't boner stabone. <laughs> Bone is where the action is. Wait, hmm. but um, oh, sorry, sorry. Hey, uh, oh got uh, Celia. Celia always hated the Bill Goodman's gun and knife show commercial. Call a buddy and bring a friend. 
Yes. Like I said that. But, uh... <laughs> shoot an enemy. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Brady. Sorry. Finish your story about the. <laughs> shoot an enemy. That's a good one. <laughs> but, Finish your clap story. Yeah, the clapper. Um, you know, Dad was trying to very, do a very dignified clap, and it didn't work. But the lady in the commercial, and I'm going to try to say, but she looked angry, <laughs> and there is way too much arm movement. She would go. <laughs> and she well, I'd be pissed if the lights were on when I was trying to sleep too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I was never in a house that had a clapper. Well, I guess I was in yours, I guess. I mean, like, did you have it when I well, would have I been around when you had the clapper? Uh, the, the clapper had a shelf life of about one day because it had to be removed and disengaged because nobody had a strong enough clap or the correct <laughs> well, clap or the clap it seems cadence. Like a, a lot of the real crappy commercials had a crappy product along with them. Like I remember the uh, blue blocker commercials. I always hated those. Wait, may I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the audio people missed that. Oh, nobody, nobody face. ever looked cool in blue blockers. <laughs> Although oh, they tried. Uh, Josh, welcome, Josh. Uh, he's oh, not a fan of the oh, general. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. What a horrible product. That, that's predatory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Howard says, uh, when I told him to trademark that to help my pull and I can't get up, he's let them sue me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you'll fall and I'll be able to get up someday and they won't help you because you took their that's trademark. Right. Hark, I have stumbled and fallen akimbo. <laughs> or something like that to get around it. <laughs> Zoinks, I have stumbled. I always, uh, I always hated the. Uh, I, uh, may he rest in peace. But any of the Billy Mays, uh, soak your clothes in OxyClean. The uh, just too oh a little God. too hyper. <laughs> the ShamWow. Every dog within three blocks is howling in agony because of my voice. <laughs> Buy this now. Yeah, I was not a fan of. <laughs> Billy Mays' commercials. Sure, he was a fine gentleman, but oh, yeah. yes, Sylvia, welcome, Sylvia. Cha 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 chia. Yep, she brings the chia to the table. One of this, I got a chia gift one time from a student, and it was a chia Statue of Liberty. And I've kept it; it is somewhere because it was so unusual. I, I could not. But the only problem that the, the cheese died, uh, whatever you call them. <laughs> The fauna that was attached to Lady Liberty died, yeah. and I don't have any replacement chi. I never owned a, a chia pet. <laughs> no, nor did I. Uh, Celia says her grandma rocks the blue yes. blockers. Yeah. Which I guess um, would be the, probably the age group that was targeted with that. Uh, Sarah, buddy's carpet, indeed. Uh, Sarah, I swear, Sarah, we are in simpatico because I swear on all that is holy. I was about ready to say, buddy's carpet. <laughs> I, I was about ready to bring up Buddy in his annoying voice. Okay, okay. So the question is, are Buddy and Ed from Furniture Fair the same person? I don't know, and I guess we probably need to. We do have international and multi-state listeners. There is a local carpet establishment that uh, did a commercial with a famous Hall of Fame Cincinnati Bengal, and he he was a diminutive fellow, diminutive fellow, 
and he was paired with a six foot eight football player. But his voice was like, "It's Brady from Buddy's Carpet Farm." Now, now, you, now you you have that you have that little askew, Brady, because uh, yeah. Ed and Anthony Munoz were on Furniture Fair. Buddy was yeah. in the commercials by himself with the carpet. Was he? Yes. I don't know, man. Oh yes. No, don't really, don't diss me on this. Don't because yeah. you'll lose. Don't you try. Okay. But Buddy sounded like this, and it was terrible. <laughs> he was kind of a cross between Kermit the Frog and Fozzie. <laughs> I seem true. to remember a really annoying commercial. This would have been about ten years ago, I'm guessing. And it was a uh, it was a diaper commercial. And it was a uh, there was like a baby, a cartoon baby, and like it was like a, a play on whoop. There it is, but it was like poop. There it is, or something. And uh, as much as I would typically think that was funny, I seem to remember it being very annoying. Uh, somebody might have to check me on that one. But was there a was there a diaper commercial that had a poop? There it is. Uh, uh, parody. I don't know. I, I don't recall that. Who let the logs somebody. out? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sorry. I'm going with rap and diaper themes. Um, <laughs> but um, you know what annoyed me about diaper commercials? Why did they always insult our intelligence and use blue water? <laughs> Where are they I don't know. Cause I guess because brown water would have been too uh, too much. <laughs> well, no, I would be more like, no, no, my child doesn't pee like that. I want the one that will deal with natural color. Fluid. But, but if my kid... That they're leaking antifreeze. That 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 freaks me out. <laughs> Maybe it. I'm guessing it because it showed up on the uh, paper towel or the diaper or whatever they were using. Okay, and, it, and it might be a visual thing because it, it comes across on TV. But if they're just doing it to euphemistically fool us, I'm yeah. not. I'm we not. We can handle it. That. We can handle the 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 yellow liquid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Twenty minutes. Um, yeah, I knew things haven't changed a lot. Howard, I would, I would ten times rather listen to you, uh, Howard, uh, than Billy Mays. <laughs> than Billy Mays, Billy Mays. Yeah. Uh, for the benefit of our audio audience, Howard says Billy Mays was my hero. He proved fat guys with a beard could make tons of money on TV. Yes. Uh, Celia wants to know where was the chi attached on the uh, Statue of Liberty? Um, it, it was like she, it, 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 you know, where she's kind of green. She was pelted with chi. Okay. And like she was sprouting, like it, it, and it was so ludicrous. I, I just got know? it, but, but yeah, very funny, very funny. Scene. Yes, nice, nicely played. Yes. Uh, Howard also says, "Buddy died a few years ago when I worked <laughs> on TV. We made his commercials, so you you saw the annoyance up close and in person." I didn't know you worked in TV. Oh yeah, Howard, I majored in our TV at Moorhead. I owe you nice. an apology because I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, uh, Treva. Welcome, Treva. Don't know if it was said yet, but uh, I will concur on this one as well. We'll save you a lot of money. Uh, yeah. Annoyance. Yes. Which reminds me a lot of the Sally Struthers. Do you want to make more money? <laughs> and she always, you know, uh, that, that was like the first line. Why did you turn freaky deaky Dutch all of a sudden there? That's how she sounded. Her eyes would be all wide. And she said, did you want to make more money? And she would do the scare head. Yeah. And that's what annoyed me about it was the way she said money. And it was like scary. Ooh. Now, was she more annoying in those commercials or was she more annoying in the savior pet from the cold commercials? I thought that, that was Darren McLaughlin. 
Well, no, Sally Struthers was before, involved in all yeah, that too. Before Sarah, before McLaughlin. Sarah, yeah. I, I will admit, that, like our dogs understand this, but they do because I threatened Sarah McLaughlin on my puppy Pepper. Is like, if you do that, Sarah McLaughlin's <laughs> not going to be able to save you right now. Uh, uh, Mrs. Liming, oh, uh, she concurs with "We'll save you a lot of money." Uh, Sarah, every COVID vaccine commercial promotion where they show the needle going into the arm, I don't need to see that over. <laughs> yeah, I think we get the idea where that one goes. Um, I, oh, gosh. I, I, I'm debating whether to say this one or not, but I'm going to. They don't do it anymore, but there was a gold bond ointment and a gold <laughs> bond powder, and it was one of the most insulting things ever when they said for male itch. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrified by that. So why? If, well, because if I got bit by a mosquito on my arm and I am male and I am itching, will I put gold bond on my arm? No, it is for a specific I, I don't know. It just bugged me for male so, itch. So how would you uh, how would you delicately explain that, Brady? I think I would have Wilford Brimley do it. <laughs> Hello, my name is Wilford Brimley. Sometimes my Brimley's itch, <laughs> and and I would get it. He wouldn't ha he wouldn't have to say male itch, but you would get it. My Brimley's it coming itch. from him. So, <laughs> uh, Miss Wilson, Mitchy Brimley's. That'd be a good band name too. Another is the Volvo commercial with Pete Seeger's song in the background. It's supposed to be about the car sensors that stop you from having a collision when backing. It really shows the owner is an idiot for having a driveway with no visibility because of poor landscaping. Stupid. And don't get me started on Pete Seeger. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm usually, uh, yeah. Sorry, I, so, I think I ran over time. Well, it's, it's it's okay. It's a good topic. Uh, so I cheated. And I just cheated. Did, did did a search on the uh, most annoying commercials of all time, and I some of these I I don't recall just over the top off, off the top of my head. But one on the list here. It's. <laughs> what? Yeah, the strips. Uh, yeah, the begging oh. strips. The, the, there were a lot of annoying, uh, like the gravy train commercials were annoying too back in the day. I, I think those were drug references because, like, that <laughs> poor person came home. They've been hitting the substances. So when they poured their dog food, there was a wagon and a horse train that just appeared and they were hallucinating it going across. Or worse, yeah, the pet was hallucinating. That there was like a wagon train going across the and the it's dog miniature. Would chase it. Yeah, and it's miniature. That was questionable, say the least. Gary, welcome. Uh, Manscaped. Is that, is that in reference to? <laughs> no, thank you. It's <laughs> a personal uh, question, Gary. <laughs> yeah, is that in reference you to? Email that to us. <laughs> that could be. Uh, is that in reference to a? Particular commercial, uh, Johnny Edwards in the house. Johnny, well, hi, hey, Johnny. Uh, Celia, my grandma would get angry when you bet your asper cream commercial. Oh, I like on. the I like the you bet your asper cream. That was uh, I think thanks to you bet your asper cream, we ended up with the uh, uh, 
Oh, the Kmart or the uh, I shipped. Was it Kmart? The I shipped my bed and I shipped my pants and stuff like that. Or was that, was that Kmart? Or no, Kmart. Which one was the big ass save? Big ass wasn't Kmart. Big ass savings. You had that, but it couldn't have been Kmart because they didn't have gas stations, did they? But I no. think it was Kmart that did the shipped. I shipped my bed. I shipped my pants. <laughs> so you bet your Asper cream was a pioneer for the, uh, I guess, dirty sounding. Oh, Howard. Uh, yeah. Howard. Meow mix. Meow, 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 meow. meow. Yeah, if they weren't a real cat, it would be saying, <laughs> yeah, 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 We're going to have to sometime explain that because that comes up in just about every other episode. I do wear it out. I apologize. Gary Troutman says all of them. So I guess all manscaping commercials annoy him. Not that we know anything about the lawnmower 2.0. Yes. Not the brain art. Steely says it it was Kmart. It was Kmart, yes. So, uh, I I have another one just popped into my mind. My mom made shake and bake and I helped. (laughs) Helped! (laughs) I've never been shaked and baked. I did. Shook and booked. Or shook and shook booked. And booked. Uh, nor will I. Uh, mainly because of that little uh, girl, from, I guess, from the 19th. I don't know if that's a commercial from the 50s that they just recycled. No. It was in, oh, well, I was going to say it was 70s and 80s. Well, but it was a like a black and white cut, wasn't it, from a commercial? No, like, I, it, no it was a color, I know. I don't know. I remember the, the color version because she looked right at the camera with those maniacal eyes. He paid Jake Bake. And I he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, we we we've touched on commercials in another episode. And I think we did venture into some annoying because I know we talked about the. Uh, uh, I think that's what that's what the classic uh, Brady uh, cl- talking about the pizza place. Yeah, classic commercials was the topic in episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those, more... some of those were, I believe, Eric, you brought up about some of those being annoying, like in, yeah. in sticking in your yeah. mind. We yeah, talked well, about the uh, Jack Palance conference. Uh, sexy. Uh, well, what do you think? <laughs> and then, <laughs> man, was out of breath putting on. Aqua she, or uh, uh, Aqua Velvet. What did he put on? What was Aqua Velvet? What was he? Aqua Velvet. Yeah, I think it was Aqua Velvet. Oh, have you ever Aqua smelt Aqua Velvet? I have some in my in my. Remember that I told you I was on a little adventure to collect all the uh, drugstore colognes and and aftershaves. That's what that's on my. Uh, it's in there in my room right now. I use it every is once Brute in a while. by Bennett. Brute is on there? there. Brute. I got Brute Stetson Old Spice Aqua English Velvet. leather. I don't have I, I don't have English letter yet. Leather, what about yeah, I talk. English leather. Eng- English I leather. I, I that's can't hard understand. That's, that's why hard why would that be an appealing name for a cologne? I mean, it, does it make your skin smell like English leather? I mean, is that well? That appealing leather is smell? a leather is a common uh, men's cologne scent. It's very. It's I like the smell of leather. I mean, English leather could be a, a, a taxi driver that's on his feet all day wearing leather shoes and it smells of foot and funk. Think about it, Eric. You like the smell of a of a ball glove, don't you? Well, yeah, not on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Quack. Mm, I should, right? 
Right. Uh, Howard does say it started in the 60s, Brady. I'm pretty sure, once okay. again, you, you, you challenged my recollection. And I well, believe how that dare was you. black and white. How dare you? Uh, so they are implying that the kids you can care. Help. You care. You mean you care. Um, <laughs> do, do they imply the kids could help because they could just throw it in a bag and shake it? Shake it. Is there still shake and bake? Eric hates Cologne. No wonder Eric gets Cologne. It gives me a headache. Yeah, I, I can see that if it does. If it gives you it a headache, how you would bought a like new it. bottle of Dolce and Gabbana K. I love Rock my colognes. Yeah. But uh, is, are there still <laughs> <laughs> are there still shake and bake? Is that still a brand? Is is that? I mean, is it I, again? I've never been shook and book. So I've, did they ever graduate from just chicken, like chicken and crumbs? I mean, to other meats and I thought they were like uh, like a pork chop. I thought that was always in the commercial. Applesauce. Applesauce. Maybe there's a healthy version now. It's toil and broil. <laughs> but uh, Sylvia, current one, a cash commercial, free, 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 dressed in '80s workout clothes. I don't think I knew that one. I don't know it either. Can Can I ask a ridiculous question? And then we could get all get out of the commercial thing. But like, um, there was a certain um men's function medication. Where and even the silhouette, like on the commercials, where they were like out in the cow pasture in two dilapidated bathtubs sitting in it, and I'm like, that yeah. might be the problem, buddy. <laughs> so they were like on this, uh, uh, like on this uh, patio sort of like second floor patio, and uh, like you said, like metal tubs. <laughs> yeah, him, him, him and his significant other. They're holding hands in separate dilapidated tubs that you could just imagine filled with rainwater and the, like the coyotes have been drinking out of it. <laughs> and like that might be the issue. You probably have some kind of like infection because you've been sitting in stagnant, soiled water. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Coyote juice. <laughs> Howard. Pardon me. Ah. Gray Poupon. I don't know if that really ever annoyed me. I guess after I heard it about 7,000 times, it may be annoying. Yeah. Me. Well, and plus, didn't you always kind of want it to happen to you? Didn't you want to be out somewhere and somebody roll, I tell you, roll your window and <laughs> sit, sit in a traffic light? Some yeah. limo comes up beside me and rolls down his window. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I got some, got some right here. Yeah, well, I always travel with my yeah, hopefully. glove box full of gray poupon. Shoot, they'd be out of luck with me. He's like, no, I hate mustard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drive on. Uh, Miss Wilson, it's all about brand recognition, be it whether you remember it, because it was annoying commercial, it does not yep. matter. That is true. The psych psychologist will tell you that. Uh, boop, 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 Becky boop. says you can. <laughs> Yes, uh, Becky says you can get, I assume you mean shake and bake, my dear, get it at Wally World, and Howard does yeah. say it's still around, they do pork chops as well. Yeah, yeah, the first one I remember was chicken, yeah. chicken or pork, nice. Miss no Wilson steak. also says shake and bake still sold for its chicken or a nice juicy piece of pork. pork. <laughs> 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 All right. I think I think we beat that topic to its uh, to a pulp, have we not? Nice. So we need to trademark toil and broil and work and jerk. <laughs> work and jerk. 
It can be cure me and jerk chicken. So you put the jerk spices in the bags. So it's like working jerk. I think it means a oil. totally different thing. <laughs> You're just filthy. Yeah, filthy. Sorry, filthy. Sorry. Right. filthy. <laughs> here's here's head of the random fruit. It's every monkey's favorite. <laughs> I never, it never gets old. It never maybe it does. Well, maybe to our people in our audience, but it never gets old to us. All right. Uh, hey, Eric, memberships. What? Eric, before you uh, do our plug, can I do a can I sure. get serious for a minute and do a plug for a hey, for a buddy? You you uh, you can do a plug, but it cannot be serious. Well, it's, it's it's, it's got to be somewhat serious. Um, okay, go ahead. So big news from a, a friend. Uh, we all know him, a friend of mine, a coworker, uh, Mr. Blake Kibler. Uh, Blake. He is a real live artist, a a, a published artist, and uh, not artist. Sorry, author. Wow, sorry, <laughs> author. Uh, he may be an artist too, but he's an author, and uh, his book is, is out now. Um, so if everybody could take a minute, uh, write down the name Blake Kibler, B L A K E. K-I-B-L-E-R. And his book, his first book, uh, Time Served, is out now. And Blake is a teacher at, at, at you know, at Hillsboro. And um, yeah, my again, former student. Yeah. And, uh, you and can he made get, it uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, you can get uh, the Kindle version. And also uh, the uh, paperback is uh, available now to order. So again, please go to Amazon and, uh, and order Blake's book, local, local author. And uh, we wish him the best. And... Absolutely. Try to support him in any way possible. Very good. Good, good, good. good. Uh, Blake, also an OE, an original earbud. He is an original earbud. All right. Uh, Memberships support our work on the podcast. For more information, you can go to playitbyyearpodcast.com backslash support. And it's uh, on the uh, website. uh, Right in the middle of the menu, it says membership support. You can click on that and go to uh, all the way to the bottom. Buy Me a Coffee is our crowdsourcing platform. If you click on that, it will give you much more information on membership. And uh, we thank our current members slash Earbud Hall of Famers, Joe Rocky, Christina Rocky, Chuck Griffin, Allison Chavis, and Jessica Longacre for supporting what we do. Thank you, guys. Right. And gals. Uh, speaking of membership, uh, part of that, we'll, uh, we're looking into some planning for the summer months, uh, possibly trying to take this show on the road and having a live show, see how that goes. And uh, part of that would be maybe some uh, new merchandise with our new logo on it. So again, uh, membership goes toward uh, things of that sort. So uh, once we get that uh nailed down as far as planning if we can we'll uh, certainly let you all know that money could pay for uh our gas and uh gas station hot dogs as we uh, take this show on the road yes, gas so station sushi delicacy <laughs> delicacy all right todd all right two. speak thank you <laughs> <laughs> speaking of delicacies uh so uh, we had a, a pretty funny conversation today at, at uh, which will be a, a, a topic at some point. But uh, basically, the the topic was casseroles, and uh, Brady has. A, I'm sure you would not be surprised to hear Brady's take on casseroles. It's pretty much his take on most foods. Uh, but anyway, so this you whole want. this Very whole debate, want. this whole debate about uh, casseroles, made me think that it would be a good topic tonight. But then, the last minute, as I was trying to come up with ideas on how to fill 
20 to 40 minutes of, of casserole talk, I, uh, I stumbled across this, um, this particular list on BuzzFeed. And as I'm looking at it, every, every food on this list, I just pictured Brady's face and the oh. twisting and the, and just Contorted. the look on his face. Grimacing. Oh, yeah. Grimacing. Eric somewhat, but not as much as Brady. And I've, I've asked our, uh, our host, Mr. Fiscus to, uh, to, oh, for our viewing audience to put these up on the screen. And uh, I thought maybe our audience could chime in and, and talk about whether they've ever had these, whether they would, would try them, um, if they agree that they are gross. But this basically this list is called 21 Truly Upsetting Vintage Recipes. <laughs> uh, so they're vintage. So they, they're, they're not – there's nothing new here. But um, without further ado, let's get started. Number one, tuna and jello pie. And Eric, uh, Eric, the picture is uh, – you probably can tell, Eric, it's a, yeah, it's a pie it. with like um, – Green, I got, yeah, I got, I got it, I got it. It's also known as summer salad pie, which I thought the name uh, of that alone would piss Fiscus and Brady off because it's salad pie. <laughs> two salad. words that should probably never go together. Well, yeah, tuna salad pie, no, no, in no <laughs> way, shape, or form should ever that happen. Summer would be ruined by tuning poison. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's nothing really uh, uh, appealing about this. Um, the each one of these has the recipe too, and it, the funny thing about this recipe is you got the summer salad pie recipe, and half the recipe goes to the cheese pie shell. So the pie, the crust part is cheese. Apparently, it's a cheese pie. Ooh. And then and then you got the tuna salad stuffing in the middle of it. <laughs> and I don't I don't exactly know what makes the uh, the lime green, the pale green. Uh, Mold. Uh, skin. The, uh, so, is there a second picture the, of this? The, is, is there is there a slice of it? Is that what this second picture is here? Yes. Yeah. There's a second picture of it. A slice of it. That Check out look- those glasses, by the way. Who we all own those. There's the slice of it. Yeah. Oh, but when God. you first look at that, you might think it's a grasshopper pie of some sort, right? Like the uh, like a mint chocolate pie. Oh, I thought you mean literal. No, like they. I think they call it like grasshopper. <laughs> but first off, what kind of tuna salad is that dark? Like we, spoiled, we, we, spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that is a uh, that is, uh, and to get through the list, I'll I'll try to go a little quicker. I know people want to chime in. That's tuna and Jello pie. But again, the only thing I thought interesting about that is the crust, a cheese cr- like a crust made out of some sort of flaky, uh, cheese dough type stuff. That maybe wouldn't be bad. I don't like fist anyway, but fist and cheese with Jello, that's horrible. Uh, Howard says, oh, hell no to tuna and Jello. And Susan Bird, welcome. Susan, back. my lovely neighbor. One word, gross. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, number two on our list, ham and bananas. Holland Is it hollandaise? Is that how you say hollandaise, it? Or hollandaise. Yes. Hollandaise. Ham and bananas, hollandaise. Uh, and that's the one with the nanners. Um that is basically what it looks like. It's just it's just a nanner uh, wrapped in some some ham and with some hollandaise sauce on it. I don't like hollandaise sauce because it's a creamy yuckness. I, but um, I, no, I and I I do like some fried plantains. You know, like the, the, there's some Caribbean dishes, but no, I don't. It, I want I don't want my banana wrapped in ham. I don't want ham touching my banana, not up again it or in it. I don't want ham on my banana. Now, the, Plus, the only force ham is a thing, very like 
the, the only fortunate thing about that concoction right there is the hollandaise sauce is not touching the banana because it's it over true. top true. over top but, of the hand. But you, you you know as well as I do, you couldn't keep it off of it. I mean, oh. how do you eat that? If, do you hold it up and eat it? Do you just like eat the banana up until it gets to the edge of the ham and then eat the other end of the banana until it gets to the yeah. edge of the ham? Would you eat it like finger food? Roll it? I don't know. Or would you like fork it and knife it? You know, I like... think you would have to fork it. You'd have to fork <laughs> it, but fork once it. you start forking it, you know the Hollandaise is going to get on the, the Hollandaise. That's, that's, that's exactly what I would do with it. Fork it. Just fork it. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Hot dog fondue. 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 And, uh, yeah, that one. Put now, it on the dog. I can't. Putting on the dog. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm looking at, what that graph is, but it just shows different ways. The, the funny, can you zoom in on that at all, or is it going to get I, too blurry? Uh, so I, I only, the only way I can zoom in on it is to download it. And I'm not sure how to share the screen. Yeah. Well, the problem, something. the funny thing is, is on that picture, if you just Google uh, hot dog fondue, and if you can find that exact uh, graphic, the bottom is six different ways that you can carve your dog to get different shapes of, of the hot dog. And, and like, you can go, there's a couple zigzag, uh, like hatch patterns. There's a, uh, there's several different patterns to get different shapes out of your hot dog, which I think so is interesting. It's more about like Frank mutilation. It's not what the, it's not what goes on it. It's the artistic Frankery. Yeah. And, and I don't know what's in that picture. It looks to me like, um, some sort of, uh, pepper stuff or tomato or something stuff with some sort of, uh, beans and Franks. Beans and Franks. I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you of all the things so far, I would come close to eating that. Well, be, be, because you could pick and choose, it looks like. I mean, you could yeah. you could just take your the hot dog and just eat it by itself. Um, now this well, this that, doesn't this, that, look, that looks good. That looks that looks that's interesting. That's a pretzel. That's a pretzel wonton hot dog. It says <laughs> pretzel pretzels. Oh, with, woven. Uh, woven. Woven. Sorry, it's very small. With hot yeah. dogs betwixt. All right, so uh, Eric, just sorry. All right. Uh, some uh, comments from our audience here. Uh, Howard, yes, keep your hands <laughs> off your banana. Yes. Uh, Miss Wilson, I hate mixing savory and sweet, so no thank you to the bananas uh, fondue. Or no, wait a minute. That fondue? Was or no, that was probably the uh, other one. Yeah. Uh, Sylvia, trash can it, indeed. Uh, Miss Wilson, hot dog fondue is just hot dog with melted cheese. That's fine. Uh, see if if that's what, yeah, if that's what if you're just dipping hot dogs into cheese, <laughs> uh, I'll see. <laughs> to whack your wiener. So you're gonna get you're gonna get us fi a fine. Yes, see yes we're gonna get us FCC fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Eric, this next one's for you. Number four, perfection okay. salad. <laughs> perfection salad, and, and I can and, tell already that uh, <laughs> no, it, it will not yeah, be perfection in any. You have to pull that up. That is that has you written all over it. Oh, get out of town! Eric. It's a uh, it's the picture I sent. That is a uh, yeah, I've, I've got it's a mold. Okay. I'm I'm trying to imagine. Here are the ingredients: two envelopes. First off, two envelopes of unflavored gelatin. 
half a cup of sugar, one teaspoon of salt, one can of apple juice, half a cup of lemon juice, two tablespoons of vinegar, one cup of shredded carrot. Get that out of there. One cup of sliced celeries. One cup of finely shredded cabbage, half a cup of chopped green pepper, and one can of chopped pimento. All right, so and that is my 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 feelings on celeries in in <laughs> Jello are well documented. <laughs> Unless it's Wendy's chili, you have no celeries. Exactly. Uh, no, no, there'd be no celeries in my in my what, Jello. What is the purpose though of needing to take all of those? Salad ingredients and then mold them into a a, a gelatin mold. I don't quite understand what the it's called is. a casserole. But it's <laughs> no, but it's unflavored <laughs> gelatin too. So it's not even like well, yeah. What's the point of that? It's they're not even doing it for gooey. the flavor. Yeah, they're they're giving it texture and in good gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some turgidness so it'll stand up. <laughs> Do you think that's all about presentation right there? I mean, do you yeah, think that's why it's uh, and, and why then it's to probably perfection? Slap the yes to slap the name perfection on that. Yes. In addition to all that other stuff, uh, Gary says, "Light it on fire, ring the doorbell." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Celia says that perfection salad looks like something from Leatherface's cookbook. It does look very uh, skin. It uh, looks covered. like something the cat left on the back deck. So Howard, yeah, Howard, Howard has, has perfection had. salad. So Howard, what is the, maybe you can answer what the purpose of the non-flavored gelatin is. Because no, you said if you like veggies, I do like veggies. I don't like non-flavored gelatin on my veggies. Uh, my wife says unflavored gelatin is used as a binder. Sort of like a chemical. I, 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 want, I want that stuff in no binder, a three-ring binder <laughs> or otherwise. And yeah. sent to the landfill. Uh, number five, frosted ribbon loaf. <laughs> Anytime it has loaf in the title, <laughs> Eric, you, you can this probably tell which one's the frosted. Afterwards, uh, <laughs> you can probably tell which one's the frosted ribbon loaf, Eric. Uh, yeah, let I, me go. I, with I, I'm I'm honestly about to vomit looking at this. So <laughs> there is a uh, the two main parts of this dish is a ham filling. And an egg filling. Uh, the ham filling has ground cooked ham, chopped celery, drained pickle relish, horseradish, and mayonnaise. Uh, nope, that's not it. That's not that's, it. That's not it. Uh, nope, nope. That's coming later. That's cow. Uh, it's it's like a. Yeah, uh, be coming later, all right. Yeah, it's like a white, uh, like Dude. square loaf on a plate uh, on a dish. Yeah, yeah, I got it now. Uh, you just killed me with those three things: white. Square, <laughs> none of those. And you also uh, you coat it in cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Now that's very festive. It, it does look <laughs> yeah. festive, and it looks like it, in presentation, it looks like it ought to be sweet, but there's nothing sweet that's, in any of it. It looks like it should be some kind of cookies and cream thing, but that's it's what I was getting ready to say. Ham and relish. If you if I were across the room and you said, Go have you a, a piece of that dessert over there, I would probably at least walk over to it and, and look at it because it, it doesn't look <laughs> bad as a dessert. But when you realize that, that that's not cake, that's that's ham, and then the the part in the middle is egg, and then the outside is cream is uh, <coughs> cream cheese. God. <laughs> 
I, I, I think the first thing that gives it away is there's a tomato on top of it. Well, oh, true. That's a strawberry. That could be uh, decorative, though. That could be, what's it called, a font, a fondant or whatever? Well, but that, that would signal that it is not Garnish. sweet. Well, if it was cake, like, they could make cake icing look like anything. Yeah, but you I, I literally thought it was a strawberry. No, I didn't be, realize that it would was be a, a tomato. It would be a tomato made out of icing. Again, what's the stuff called font, fondant or fondue or whatever? The stuff that they make, they put on cakes. I don't know. Somebody knows. Fugit. Uh, Celia says she'd try it. Yes, she would. She would... Uh, Miss Wilson looks like a cheese ball, but as a luof. You know, Miss Wilson, I never thought of it like that because I like cheese ball, um, a, and I like ham salad. So if that were like a ham salad slash ham cheese salad ball, pie. moving on. Number six, lobster relish. Eric, that was the one you had up before. Lobster Ugh. relish. Lobster relish. Lobster <laughs> crawl. Um, let's see what this has in it. Lobster, obviously. Nastiness. Crustacean and yak. <laughs> Vomit and varmint. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I can't find the uh I can't find the menu. I that think one. that I think that is the medical waste from my appendectomy on that plate. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> my appendix right. came out four years ago. <laughs> We'll skip over this one pretty quickly. That I can see if somebody didn't mind seafood. Like I don't like any of that raw stuff. I mean, I do see some crab legs, which I like crab I like crab meats. But other than that, there's way too many olives and uh, other weird looking round things. Yeah. And then that, that lava. <laughs> I don't know what that stuff in the middle is, but it doesn't look good. So next on the list, we have jellied tomato refresher. And Eric, this is going to be like a little. Uh, yeah, right. This is going to be a little wine. Okay, I, I got it. Refresher. <laughs> what a freaking euphemism. It's 95 degrees. You've ran a half marathon. Here, take some. What is it? Go, go, drink, go drink a sal- some salsa out of brandy. Well, but is this. I mean, so here's the ingredients one envelope of unflavored gelatin, again with the gelatin, cold water, tomato juice, dehydrated whoa, green whoa, whoa. pepper what water. Cold water. Uh, art- conch water. Artificial sweetener, lemon juice, beef bouillon cubes. Bouillon. Uh, uh, Worcestershire sauce. Garlic salt, ground cloves, green pepper, cut in rings. Optional on the green pepper. So would this be like somebody who enjoys Bloody Marys, which I can't stand? I mean, would this be something that they would like? Uh, maybe. Like I said, it looks but, like a brandy sifter of salsa to me. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, looks like something <laughs> they would enjoy. <laughs> All right. Number eight. Just tell me whenever you want to uh, go to the audience, Eric. But number eight, we have a Torah. I'm, ass- I'm assuming I'm saying it right. Steak puddings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these do not, these are unfortunate looking. Uh, oh, little, uh, Lord. <laughs> Oh my lord! You got your these are ki- steak puddings. <laughs> Pudding is delicious, Brady. <laughs> I'm the type of guy. Uh, these look like something that uh. You say it, Todd. It's a looks like something that the detectives in the Lorena Bobbitt case had to fish out of a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> They, they do look testicular. Well, I wasn't even thinking that, but because it came close. To a toro sounds close to a bull. So what is it? It's a Torah. It, it, it's from... The good beef. 
<laughs> so give beef suet. Hey, I'll read that because uh, it says you will be charmed with these dainty little puddings. So wonderfully light and digestible when made with a, a, a Torah. The novelty of a small pudding for each person makes a refreshing change. And not only that, you're able to prepare just the right quantity without risk of running short or having wasteful leftovers. So they're like individual uh, steak puddings for you. Well, no, I want to know what steak pudding is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the the recipe is not clickable, but and it's I, when I zoom in, it gets too blurry. It does have the uh, so obviously it's got flank steak in the middle of it. It says uh, I don't know what the outer layer is though. It's some sort of uh, congealed fat. You know, now if that were mashed potatoes, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> if that were just a mashed potato ball filled with meat and gravies, did <laughs> uh, that just. Sorry, the words steak pudding. <laughs> I'm so lightheaded. And if, if we're advertising a delicacy here, I do not want the word dainty used with my steak. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pretty Yeah, but the point is that you get individual ones. Like, for instance, I like uh, my mom, we call them crazy meatloafs. When she makes meatloaf, she makes these little small meatloafs <laughs> that are just like the big meatloafs, but they're crazy, small. Man. That's me. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Number nine. <laughs> nope. Nobody had any comments on the beef pudding. <laughs> well, yeah. No, actually not. They, they're still wow. commenting on the. Uh, uh, Howard says I've had tomato jelly, but not to drink with that crap in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Max Gary, I guess he did comment on the steak puddings digestible. That has to be specified. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess digestible could be relative because I'm not sure I can digest that. Jim, ah. uh, welcome. Uh, hey, guys, I was thinking the same thing. Todd, just bob it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number nine, we have lime cheese salad. Uh, and Brady, here's all you got to do. You got to dissolve one package of lime jello in one cup of hot water, add three cups of cold water, two tablespoons of vinegar, and one teaspoon of grated onion. Pour a half a cup of mixture into one quart ring mold. Chill until firm. Chill remaining jello until slight thick ended. Slightly thick ended. Thickened. It's a hyphen. So, sorry, it goes down to the next line. <laughs> then fold. This is the gross part. Then fold in one. I don't want to fold anything into my food. Then fold one cup. How do you fold a cup of cottage cheese into something? And one tablespoon. One tablespoon of mayonnaise. Oh, Blend, Lord. pour onto firm jello, <laughs> chill until firm, unmold, garnish with salad greens, fill center with seafood salad, make six <laughs> That just dare. kept getting worse and worse. Uh, I was wondering, I thought there was an Alpo in the middle of it. <laughs> Alpo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 seriously, how did you just throw crap together? <laughs> I mean, where do you come up with this? What? That doesn't even look Escape good. Like German guards. How do we tortured him? So why did, if it wasn't bad enough, why did they have to say, okay, well, this has got mayonnaise, cream cheese, and, and lime jello. Let's throw some seafood in there. Like what, what made them throw seafood in there? Does seafood and jello go it, hand in hand or it, something? It's, it's basically like Scottish food based on a dare. Hey, I bet you won't. <laughs> I bet you can't throw anything more gross in there. Hey, let's throw some seafood in. Number 10, liver sausage pineapple. 
Oh, leave my uh, pineapple out of that. So when you look at this, it's it's uh, it says just imagine the horror of expecting something pineapple flavored and instead getting a mix of liverwurst, mayo, and Worcestershire. Oh my gosh! But here's the thing: you'd have to be pretty drunk or out of it to not realize that that's not an actual pineapple. Throw that up there, Eric. It looks nothing like a, a real yeah, pineapple. Yeah, I throw that up there. I, I don't know if this is the right thing I'm throwing up here or not. Well, it's it's it looks like a pineapple. It's the only one that. Uh... <laughs> nope, no. <laughs> like, what is that right there? <laughs> what, did you send, what did you send me? <laughs> what kind of proclivity? Well, what do you? I. That's coming <laughs> later. <laughs> Indeed, it does look like it's, it's coming later. Where's the pineapple? I don't even see that. I not send you the pineapple. No, All right, we'll skip. We'll skip over the pineapple then. It looks oh, like a here, pineapple. Here, here, it here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was on the wrong email. <laughs> Sorry. So see, I mean, you would have to be completely crazy not to think or to think that was a real pineapple. Throw that back up there. I didn't see the <laughs> pineapple. <laughs> see, that's that's not SpongeBob lives in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Air, uh, Brady, this is right up your alley as well. Super salad loaf. <laughs> Eric, the, the ad says, if you want to be happy when company comes, and then it has a, it has a uh, graphic of this. I'm telling uh, you, if you're serving that crap, you're not <laughs> getting company. <laughs> and they're they're really pushing the Hellman's mayonnaise in this, too. It's, it, I think that's what it is, is a Hellman's ad. Hello. Um, but this uh, supper for six, cream of tomato soup, celery, crackers. Uh, the super salad loaf has corn sticks. <laughs> What's a corn stick? Uh, Nucoa? Nuc- I think I was two pictures back. Nucoa, fresh pineapple, mint cup, ginger cookies, and coffee. This has coffee in it. Guys. And pack it into a baloney shell. It's pretty much <laughs> a baloney shell. Yeah. I've never heard the words baloney and shell in the same sentence. Uh, the next one. Shell might have came after the baloney. <laughs> uh, number 12, shrimp sandwich roll. Oh, I mean, I don't like seafood, but that doesn't sound particularly offensive. This looks like somebody's arm or leg was sawed in half or something. It's like a roll. It's like a log, Eric, with a little. Yeah, I got uh, it. Amputasty. Yeah. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That that looks like those um those desserts. If you look at me, it has layers. But that in in between there is looks uh, like a pumpkin roll. Yeah, in between there is uh, shrimp, like some sort of shrimp, uh, uh, like it, uh, it like ham like salad, the, but shrimp. It looks like the angry eye of an octopus. Yeah, <laughs> like that 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 the part that circle is an angry eye staring at the knife. <laughs> looks like it looks reminiscent of the ever famous. Infamous bologna salad. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it uh, like something from the Civil War play said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, remember Antietam? Well, now you can reenact it. Number 13, frozen, 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 frozen cheese salad. Frozen cheese salad. It was. This was a recipe, uh, or sorry, a Weight Watchers recipe from the 70s. You got Brady's got all your favorites: oh, cottage cheese, cottage Yay. cheese, blue cheese, buttermilk, chives, grated lemon peel, barbecue spice, whoa, whoa, Worcestershire, uh, peel. 
Oh, I thought you said pill. I was legit confused. I wasn't even being funny. Broccoli florets, green pepper strips to garnish. Let cheese stand at room temperature for 30 minutes. Place in blender container. So basically you mix all this up and then you you put it in the freezer. You put the cheese block in the freezer. There you go. So why would you want frozen? I don't understand why you'd want that frozen. Because it makes it inedible. It's already makes an inedible thing even more inedible. Oh, if you're gosh. trying to lose weight, you can't eat it. So, number 14, Eric. Okay, oh. we, we got some audience. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, Howard says folding refers to a type of mixing action. So. Thank you for clearing that up. I was, yeah, I was confused on how to fold. <laughs> yeah, so, and then Gary says, so what action would be the unfolding? <laughs> <laughs> Howard says, slinging it against the wall, I guess. Nice. Number 14, Monterey Souffle Salad. Sounds fairly exotic. When you look at this, uh, basically it's the fish gelatin citrus combo again. Um, Quick, easy, a tuna salad treat, the new fast frost way. It's basically, what's gross about that, if, if you could... If you look at those little chunks that are around the bottom, like the bottom layer, it's it, that's like like frozen veggies and stuff like that in there. The, the top is is tuna. The little the top around the the little What's uh, staring at me. That's an olive, I believe. Okay, so the the outside shell, I guess you call it, looks like it's made out of those uh, little white nougat candies with the dried fruit in the middle. Yeah. Obviously, that's not what it's, that is. It's actually lemon-flavored gelatin. It's white. Yeah. Well, lemon. I mean, lemon-flavored stuff a lot of times is... And then I can't read the rest of it, but basically, you just it's a, a lemon gelatin. It's got all kinds of veggies, uh, cucumbers, celeries, uh, things like that, frozen in it or, or uh, uh, molded into it. And then the top, you make a bowl out of it, and the top is chunks of tuna, and then I can't tell what that yellow dipping uh, substance is. Probably the bile from the person that tried to eat it before. <laughs> now, this next one, I guarantee you people won't think this is too bad. I do. Spam and, li- and limas. And basically, it's just like some spam and lima beans on a, on a bowl in a dish. Now, See, I-, I like me some beans, except for lima beans. Lima beans is the unlikable cousin yeah, of the legume I, family. I don't like lima beans either. Now, I like the spam. I would just shake off all the lima beans and eat the spam. Pass. The, uh, oh, I'll say pass. <laughs> Eric, this is what you've been waiting for, man. Number 16 on the list, the banana candle. <laughs> is that what you call it? Banana candle, yeah. If you want to bring the banana candle back up. <laughs> That's what <you> <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. So I wonder why they put the banana candle next to a regular candle. I mean, I guess just to show the difference between a banana candle and a regular candle. <laughs> now, I don't know what that is exactly, but it looks to me like a banana I'll that has been – but how they get the banana so straight? Well, uh, but look at that banana; it has no curve to it. <laughs> Maybe it's curving towards you, and it's an optical illusion. Could be, or away from me. 
<laughs> Either way. Um, but it looks like it has some sort of uh, hollandaise or something. Uh, and then I don't know if that is a fruit topper. I don't know. So do you eat this or do you light it? What do you, I mean, what do you <laughs> Wait, this, these are recipes, but this I is a banana. <laughs> I need a so cigarette. This, seriously, though, is this like? I mean, is this an edible candle? Do you? Do you? <laughs> do you? Do you lead the way to your to your cellar in a thunderstorm, and then have a snack while you're while you're down there? I mean, hear the cobwebs out. Go to the parlor with your smoking jacket. Uh, I bet there's got to be better pictures of that. Number uh, oh, number seventeen, bet. snowy chicken confetti salad. <laughs> it's a. It looks like a. It looks like a cheese ball type thing, Eric. It's got, if you're looking for the picture, it's got some radishes, some cucumbers, some tomatoes. Huh. It's a summer. It's a summer food. There it is. It should be a New Year's Eve food. <laughs> When the ball drops, the confetti hits. Uh, 18. I got a couple more left here. Uh, 18. Glazed potato salad. Another Hellman's ad. And this, Eric, just looks like a yellow uh, like loaf of some sort. <laughs> Once again, referring to my cat. A yellow what a, loaf of some sort. Listen to this ad, though. What a beautiful new way to serve potato salad. And the luscious glaze you make with Hellman's keeps it fresh and moist to the last slice. Moist. That's real mayonnaise. Whole egg Hellman's. Uh, that looks... Now, I would eat that. <laughs> I like potato salad, and all that is, if if all that is is regular potato salad ingredients just formed into a loaf, I have no I'm, problem with that. I'm telling you, I, I bet whoever made that just sliced that loaf off and was sitting to watch laughing. <laughs> if you love look, American style or some '70s schlock, because that looks like pure '70s <laughs> schlock. I don't know what the uh, so basically it's just a loaf of potato salad, probably formed into some sort of bread. Uh, pan or something, but then like the icing part is is mayonnaise, but it also has uh, I can make out here uh, chicken broth. I'm I'm not sure what the chicken broth would be for. Uh, a couple envelopes of unflavored gelatin. I like how they say envelopes. I keep yeah. on expecting that. That sounds so mysterious. Envelope envelope. envelope. Number nineteen, bake stuffed baked stuffed salmon. So the salmon was high when it was and caught. This is a uh, <laughs> notice. There's a lot of yellow uh, hues to the foods in this group. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a. I don't yeah. know what that is. It, yeah. it, 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 the, the salmon looks like it was like bound and gagged. <laughs> <laughs> looks like <laughs> it's got garnish in its mouth. Looks like it met up with that banana candle. Uh, <laughs> but, now, the only thing that looks appetizing about this is the bread in the background. Those are some fine-looking rolls. Yes. That salmon is kind of like, well, I'm caught. I'm sunk. I might as well go out artistically. <laughs> put this big old wad of crud in my mouth. It's like appetizing. But now, you know, there are some Brussels. There are some Brussels sprouts. There are sprouts. some Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. It is. Are those... Two containers of slaw. I don't, 
Good, good question. On either side of the buns. Probably milt from the salmon. (laughs) (laughs) Notice, though, that that's not a real, like, the fish is there, obviously. But it isn't isn't one of those presentations that actually has the fish with its actual eye. That's what I thought it was. No, it's a, it's. The fish is there, but it's most of it's covered in that yellow. I guess it's hollandaise of some sort. I, I think it's an olive. It's an olive in place of its yes, eye. It's an olive in place of its eye, which is more passable to me than when the actual fish eye is there. So, so the mouth. I won't even sit at the table if somebody in my party is getting one of those fish meals that has the actual fish face and eye and everything right there. Looking at you. Yeah. So is that the fish's head or is that just artwork? No, it's it's its head. Well. Actually, it, it all could be artwork. I don't know. Maybe that's not even its mouth. But I, I took it as that was the actual outline of the fish, but they just had to cover it with the sauce. So to make to make you see where its eye and stuff is, they've put the garnish. That's it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Two, two left. Number nine, or number 20, igloo meatloaf. And that's if this, crazy. If this is what I think it is, this is the first thing on the, on the uh, menu that I would definitely eat. It looks to me like it is a meatloaf with a mashed potato igloo encasing it and some melted cheese on top, or maybe that's that, butter. That that that's that is a work of art. It is. Yeah, that's like edible art. I could go along with that. Is that that's truly what it is? It is now, not now what, like what the crap that cube of stuff is behind it. I have no idea. But and what I, are those glasses filled with? I thought it was milk at first, but it's and those green beans aren't going to work. No. Um, it says, uh, let's see. Uh, most I bet there's some it. unflavored gelatin in that concoction that that cube is. Oh, I know. What What was it? Gosh, what was wrong with the 70s? Well, and there's uh, the, a long list or the short list. Green bean and mushroom casserole. That's probably what that is back there, Eric. Uh, well, there's gelatin salad somewhere. Sour cream dressing, rolls, butter, cinnamon apple crisp, vanilla ice cream, and milk. That is milk. Milk. Made um, let me make sure that that's what that is. That is exactly what that is. That igloo is made out of mashed potatoes, and the top is just a melted slice of cheddar cheese. Nothing wrong with that. That, that is a work of art. The meatloaf is Inuit. <laughs> yes. All right. The last one doesn't even have an explanation. It just has a bunch of question marks, and then it says bye because this is the last one on the list. And Eric, it is a uh, – Nasty looking uh, mound of something. <laughs> it literally looks like something that needs some sawdust thrown on it. <laughs> Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, the custodian got called for that one there. That, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I wish there were a, a recipe here so I could see what it is, but the inside is definitely cat food and cat throw up. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be seafood based. It is like crushed caterpillar on top. <laughs> that, crushed <laughs> caterpillar glaze. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, some CB sort of uh, puree. Yeah, some sort of mucus uh, icing. <laughs> Inside the actual meat, it, uh, I see some celery. That damn celery shows up everywhere. I see some other green things. There's some black in there. Like maybe some – there might be some beans in there, Brady. So maybe you would be interested in eating it because you like beans. But other uh, than that – Yeah, yeah. 
my my eating quirks are well documented, but I challenge anybody to look at that and say, "Oh, you're being silly. Just give it a try." <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, comments from the audience. Uh, Howard says, Bound and Gag would make it an S&M salmon. Indeed. <laughs> uh, Tiana, just uh, laughing here. Tiana's laughing at us. Yes. Uh, Gary, Igloo, Meatloaf, Shepherd's Pie, it seems. It would seem to be that indeed. Is Shepherd's Pie meat, uh, meat covered in mashed potatoes or surrounded by mashed potatoes? I, 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 I believe it is. Uh, Miss Wilson, I lived through the 70s, never once went to a function that served these delicacies, and I'm so <laughs> glad. But, Mrs. Wilson, I bet you have been to a, a function that had some sort of uh, salad uh, with with jello, jello and uh, shredded cheese and weird things like that all in it. That, oh. Doesn't, as a matter of fact, is that what Miss Wilson makes? I mean, there was one show episode we were doing in... We were like knocking some sort of food, and that was her specialty. She made, yeah. I can't remember if that's what it was. Like the uh, the one it salad with like the, something. the or the the orange salad with the uh, or Jello. Sorry, the orange Jello with the shredded cheese and stuff on it. I yeah. I bet I could almost predict that ever in the seventies, all the people that served those dishes, it was the same. There was green shag carpet on the floor, and they were probably watching Dick Cavett on TV. <laughs> They just watching public. Oh, and they made that banana candle. They definitely were. <laughs> <laughs> or orange shag carpet. Could be that, too. Yeah. Rust. Color. Oh, just. Yeah. The, the, I, I, I'm having a hard time recovering from this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good topic. Thank Great you. topic. I, mean, I, I seriously was queasy a couple different times there looking at these pictures. Just not, not good. Well, they sensitized. Yeah, if you if you can the the rough part you couldn't do it on here, but if you, you can zoom in on on your phone and definitely see some of the uh, uh, the layers of just grossness. Yeah, gosh, uh, scalloped oyster. That's right. Yeah, that was so it. delicacy there. Scalloped. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So uh, here for this break between Todd's topic and mine, I do want to let you all know. On May the 4th, which is Tuesday, May the 4th be with me, uh, we are going to be interviewed on a podcast called the Let's Chat Podcast. And the purpose of the podcast is to interview up-and-coming podcasters. So I guess we uh, fall into that uh, realm there, up-and-coming, up and something, I don't know. But uh, anyway, that is going to be our show for next week. Uh, so... Uh, we are going, I'm trying to work out the logistics, but I'm trying to get that streamed on our Facebook uh, like we did. They use StreamYard like we do, so we can stream different places. So we're going to try to get the logistics done there. We'll keep you updated uh, on social media and on our website. But uh, please join us. Uh, you can comment like you do here. And uh, I honestly, I really don't know what to expect but yeah uh, i don't either i i wonder if we'll be all i think wonder if we'll be all uptight and and not ourselves like when we're being interviewed i like to think we won't be but nah, it probably nah. depends on the interviewer well nah, we'll, we'll, we'll 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 take things over right we'll yes storm the gates and, and then they'll end it after five minutes <laughs> yeah right and they're no longer up coming <laughs> uh, we seem to have lost the transmission <laughs> All right, so yeah, join us for that. Like I said, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated as to how to join the 
there. Like I said, we're trying to stream it like we do here, so it shouldn't be any problem at all joining us next week. But that will be Tuesday of next week at 8.30, so a little bit later than what we have been. Uh, I think it's a, it's around an hour, I believe, so uh, please join us. Uh, John Whitney in the house, y'all made me hungry enjoying some Hormel chili. <laughs> Gosh. Which is right beside the Alpo. <laughs> uh, uh, Gary, plenty you, of ideas how to prepare that. Johnny, don't you put something on your Hormel chili? Seems like I remember you like putting some sort of condiment or something on your yeah, Hormel acid. chili. I like some sour cream in my chili. I do too, but I don't know that that can even save Hormel chili. <laughs> That's true. By the way, Eric, I got a, uh, I got a, uh, a chili uh, cheese... A potato from Wendy's yesterday, and I always oh, think of you when I get those because you, you're the one that told me to try them. They're that's solid. They are very good. They're oddly enough, they're much better than just the chili is from Wendy's. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, the Wendy's in Melbourne never has potatoes. So we're we're out every time you ask. We're out of potatoes. Like seriously. <laughs> the, the girl yesterday at Wendy's thought I said cherry potato uh, or something like that, and, and and I'm like, why would I want a cherry potato? <laughs> First off, that's uh, gross. I, I was gonna say after that topic you just did, well, I mean, it, yeah. it's probably, probably yeah. been done. <laughs> All right, uh, John, for the uh, formal chili, it's A one sauce. We just had an A one sauce that, discussion. A one can save about anything, so that's true. I, think I don't it's think the it, sodium content. I don't think it would have saved anything on that list. No, never. Except the well, A one would have been good on the uh, meatloaf A1. igloos. Steak pudding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. They, Brady, it was, you're wrong. It was steak puddings, plural, puddings. because they were little puddings. miniature. Yeah, they were cups. They were steak pudding cups. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, topic three is our gain of the night. And uh, as always, we want the audience to be intricately involved here in uh, – Helping us out, the game which we played before, called Hands Down This Game, will spill the beans on the origins of expressions. So uh, what we're going to do here is I'm going to give a popular expression, and our co-hosts, Brady and Todd, will give their definition. They'll write down what they feel that the uh, origin of said uh, expression is, and the audience... Sorry to interrupt. It. I don't think we wrote it down. Last yeah, time. we didn't write it down. But yeah, there was some question as to whether someone could steal someone else's ideas. So I, uh, if yeah, you don't want true. to write, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we can be on the honor system. Yeah, honor system. I'm honorable. Okay. All right. So they will, uh, they will concoct their uh, best guess as to where these uh, expressions came from. And audience, you will decide who of the two is the closest. So, I feel like I need a pipe for this game. This, is a, this, need, this would a be a pipe in a yeah. smoking jacket sort of game. <laughs> All right. And uh, interestingly enough, this is the first card out of the pile uh, after our last topic. The expression is biting off more than you can chew. Maybe it could be the steak puddings or one of the loaves, the various loaves that we talked about. But what was the origin of biting off more than you can chew? I think I have an answer. Well, we'll let Brady go first then. Brady? Okay. 
what, what's your what's your answer? Um, at one point, it's a you know not not a lot of people realize that the um, Genghis Khan and the Mongol invaders that they um, had the largest they had the largest empire in the world. And when they were storming across Eastern Europe and on the steppe, they liked chopping off ears and wearing them as necklaces, and they would bite them off. So that every once in a while, after biting off a lot of ears, they bit off more than they could chew. And that's why, the, and you know, so it was um, mutilation trophies from Mongol invaders. Hmm. Which is why they got to wearing them on a necklace instead of just eating them. In battle. Interesting. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> okay, Hollywood. Heresy. I disagree. Um, I think it's uh, quite literal. I think it goes back to the uh, famous Charleston Chew uh, confectionery stick. And uh, I think it involved um, quite a few uh, dental uh, accidents, dental emergencies. And uh, a couple of unfortunate uh, chokings of uh, uh, young people biting off more than they could chew of the Charleston Chews. And as you, if you ever had a Charleston Chew, you would know that they are very tacky, very firm, very hard on your teeth and uh, hard on your, your uh, gullet if you swallow too much of it. So I think that it really has to do with not biting off too much than you can actually chew before you swallow it. All right. So uh... – it is the, in the, your the, the original. The original term was "don't bite off more than you can Charleston chew," but then they had to shorten it for. Yeah. Uh, All right, audience. It is in your court now. Do you believe Brady, who comes up with the uh, Mongolian? I'll put uh, Gary's comment up here. Mongolian ear casserole story. <laughs> <laughs> or don't get uh, him started on a casserole, Gary. <laughs> or Todd. And uh, too much of a Charleston chew. Uh, so, uh, audience, again, that is in your court. Uh, but, Brady, I, I do give you kudos for your seriousness in describing your uh, I wasn't lying. You weren't lying. You, were, you don't think I was serious? Go well, try to bite off more of a Charleston chew than you can manage. Try biting off more of a Charleston chew than you can chew. <laughs> you just try that. <laughs> and then you come talk to me about seriousness, sir. Uh, now, I don't know if this is a vote for Brady or not. Jim says, Brady, yeah, yeah. I worry about you. That could, could be a vote. Uh, Becky Fiska says, Brady. So so does the most votes win or the one who's closest to the – I thought it was the one who's the closest to the origin well, wins. It, well, I'm, I'm letting the audience vote here, but actually the winner will be the closest to the – is the audience the tiebreaker if, no, if neither yeah. one of us are anywhere near close? I guess I did do that. Uh, I, I read the actual origin, didn't I? And then the yeah. audience decided. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll do that. My bad, audience. I, I messed up the rules of the game. So the actual origin of biting off more than you can chew, an early American expression for a person who took too large a bite of chewing tobacco oh, so much that was uncomfortable for the person to chew. Break, give me those points. So with that, with that being said, audience, um, who, who do you believe is closest? Brady with his Mongolian ear casserole or Todd with uh, the Charleston chew, just just adjacent to wacky tobacco. 
Uh, and Brady was getting a lot of votes there, but uh, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I, if he's getting them now, people just aren't paying attention. <laughs> I literally <laughs> said it meant quite honestly biting off more than you could chew. Now, now, now the actual uh, votes are coming in. Uh, Jim says Todd. Thank you, James. Uh, Miss Wilson says Todd. Gary says Todd right after Howard. I haven't showed you all this. Oh, yeah. Howard, I want to see. Howard, as you were. Uh, uh, Howard probably your, knew the answer. Yeah. Your he stories. Uh, Howard says yeah. probably a reference to tobacco plugs. Yeah. So Howard actually got the answer first. Howard is the man, by the way. Uh, the Todd. Mongolian ear necklace story is true, by the way. <laughs> uh, Some of it I embellished, but it was true. Susan with the new info goes with Todd. So Todd uh, gets the point. Johnny, you remember, and Gary, you remember Grandma always having those Charleston shoes? So you say, do you remember when Grandma no, had I was talking to plugs? Gary Charleston and shoes are out, outstanding. Do they? I can't remember. Do they? Are they covered in chocolate? Are they chocolate covered? They are. Yes. Okay. I thought they were. And like uh, the the center part is like a chewy marshmallow-y. Marsh, marshmallow nougat. nougat sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. It won't hurt your teeth. All right, gentlemen. Next, and Todd will uh, make the first guess here. The expression is tit for tat. Tit. All right, that's uh, that's tat. easy. That's easy. Um, I just got to figure out a way to talk about it and keep it TV 14. <laughs> so this was in the early uh, days of tattooing commercially, tattooing for, for money. Um, tattooing's been around, uh, you know, since the prehistoric Indian tribes. Uh, but when people started tattooing as an art form for money, um, some people did not have currency to pay, um, so they paid with uh, sexual favors. And um, so sometimes God, it was, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, sometimes it was uh, that's how they paid. So for a tattoo, they would they would give sexual favors. <laughs> Okay. Were, uh, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be civil and pro, uh, professional, um, but there's another one that means that means quite literally what it says, uh, tit for tat. Brady. Well, luckily I know this story, and I love Todd. <laughs> see, see, Brady actually knows this stuff. I mean, that's. Um. So. Um, all right. There, okay. The pork producers in Massachusetts. Why not? Laughed about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Gosh, I feel like my credibility is being assailed. Just well, anyway. Um, there was a famous pork producing, um, pork producing family in um Massachusetts, close to the Worcester area. And um, ironically, where the sauce comes from. But anyway, um, <laughs> so um, th they had a they had some pigs that would like frequently have a lot of suckling pigs, and um, so the daughter got quite fond of this one runt pig, and she always wanted to make sure there was enough tit for tat, and tat was the suckling pig. And um, so when they were matching the milk output, they had to make sure there was enough tit for tat. So it has become about matching the intensity of milk production. So that's where it comes from. 
So, Brady, what is it with you and suckling pigs? I'm pretty sure that. We get a suckling pig reference about every other episode. It wasn't me the last time. It was. They were, be- they were stealing suckling pigs in a, uh, a sack. They, in a oh, that's right. Burlap sack. Well, yeah. that wasn't me. I was just reading the story. And once again, it comes from the same era, so suckling pigs. And that, that beloved tat, that she, she loved that little piglet. All right. <clears throat> Tit for tat. This originated from an old English term called tip for tat, basically meaning a hit or a shove for being hit or shoved by another. So basically someone hits or shoves you, you hit or shove them back. Yeah. Eye for an eye. See, the pig was taking tat. his snout and shoving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to so, be honest. There's no way either one of us can get a point here. Yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, audience, you have a tough job here. Uh, Gary says Abe Froman's niece's baby pig seems most likely. You mean the sausage king? <laughs> uh, uh, Miss Wilson, corrupted version of this or that. That's uh, uh, first known use of tit for tat was 1556. Uh, Becky Fiscus, off the top of your head, I'd be impressed if you came up with that. I'm guessing she went internet searching. My timeline was a little bit off, but it was Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, Howard, if I had to vote, it would be for Brady for originality, but it means something similar to eye for an eye. So, uh, again, yeah, no one wants to seem to vote for someone. They're just kind of that, that, uh, that's one of those ones though. When we, when you hear about it, it, you notice that it really makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if you just would have stopped and think, thought, I mean, but, but here it's, it's hard to do when you're put on the spot. Yeah. Uh, Susan votes for the piglet tat. <laughs> tat the pig. I think Team the tat. last the last time we talked about suckling pigs was something about um, <laughs> people would steal money or would people would, out of a bag and replace it with a uh, a suckling pig or something in a bag. Yeah, what was it? It was something about the uh, oh, with the cats out of the bag or cats, something. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Because they put yeah they put cats in there instead of pigs. Yeah. Uh, Jim, Brady, you should write fiction. <laughs> I, I don't know if in his head that's fiction or fact. <laughs> There's elements of both. Our, our audience doesn't want to seem to pull the trigger here and uh, vote for somebody. We, neither one of us can get it. Neither no, one, neither close, one of us. We were, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll call that a draw. A draw. Draw. All right. Draw. All right. This, is, this game is nearly impossible, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> And it's it's fun though. It is fun, yes. All right, Brady. Yes. The expression is. Uh, Jim did vote for you, by the way. Even though you write fiction, uh, strike while the iron is hot. Strike while the iron is hot. In days of old, when knights were bold, and um. <laughs> they needed they needed swords and things like that. When they were hammering it out, they would have to strike it while the iron was hot to make a good sharp sword. So you had to strike it while the iron was hot. Okay, Todd. Um, that yeah, just Brady happened to get to go first there because I, I I was thinking the same thing that it was something to do with uh, forging. Uh, 
you know, sword making or dagger making or something like that. Uh, but I got to give something different, I guess, in the spirit of the game. So I'm going to say that uh, I've been sticking with the, the literal, using the word literally tonight. So striking in, as it pertains to um, uh, workers, unhappy workers, uh, unhappy with the working conditions, uh, you know, uh, refusing to work, that type of strike. And I'm going to say that striking while the iron was hot would be uh, along the lines of uh, while you had bargaining power, while you had uh, something to bargain for, something, something, while while the 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 froth was built up, while the anger was there by the workers, and uh, not to miss that opportunity. So it's it's about not missing an opportunity. How's that? Sounds good. I, I, I think that is an absolutely outstanding answer when being put behind the eight ball. Thank you. Which I, I don't know. That's in the, That could be in the stack right there. All right. So uh, strike while the iron is hot. An expression that is from medieval times where a blacksmith would have to wait till the iron was sufficiently heated at a fire before he was able to shape the iron into any form needed. Yeah. So I don't even think we have to wait for the vote. No. <laughs> yes. Brady. Well done, Brady. Brady. The point. Thank you. So well, we are tied at Uno at Uno. Square table degenerate Uno Uno. Uno. One one. All right. So uh Joey. Joey House. Welcome. Oh Joey. So Howard uh, refers to blacksmithing. Brady is absolutely correct. Uh, Gary Unions would prefer to be on strike when conditions are most uncomfortable. So, uh, so giving up some kudos to your kudos to your answer there, which I give kudos to your answer too. That was a, again very very well done, Miss <laughs> uh, Wilson. Doing something stupid while your mom was ironing Brady's answer. Yeah, that that would be right. Yeah. All right, Todd. Yes. All right. The expression is. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever even heard this one, but cut of a person's jib. Cut of a person's jib. So I, I know what it means, I think. Um, the origin is what we're after here, though, right? Correct. Okay. So... Hmm. A jib, a jib would be a another term for someone is someone's uh, facial structure, their bone structure in their face, okay. like their jawline. Right. Um, so it would have been. Someone who has a strong jawline, uh, you know, the cut of their jib, the cut of their cheekbones, their jawbones, and it would obviously um, be talking about someone who was uh, suitable, capable for uh, for a dangerous task of some sort. Uh, again, I'm trying to not mix up the meaning of it with what I think it maybe it would have originated from. And uh, clearly, I have no idea, so I'm just I'm just guessing here. So I'm thinking it has something to do with uh, the jib would have to be some sort of term having to do with the face, facial structure, bone structure, jawline, um, and obviously 
what you would think someone is capable of just from their, your first look, from their physical characteristics of their of their jawbone and their facial structure. Okay. Very good. Brady? Well, there is going to be a major nerd alert on this one. Um, I am a child of the 80s, and um, one of my favorite things to watch, I was always a big America's Cup fan and Dennis Conner. And I know from watching America's Cup and playing on Commodore 64, the uh, America's Cup simulator, that the jib sail is a um, it, it's a type of sail on a yacht, one of those racing yachts, I think. So um, I'm guessing that it, I think I know the origin, but I don't know the cut of a person's jib. Um, I, it's got to do something with like how their sail is cut. But I really don't know what it means is applied to a person. So how fast they are, maybe. It's like so that's what I'm gonna go with. Okay. All right. <clears throat> kind of a person's jib. The jib of a sailboat was the sail oh. at the front, and a well cut jib allowed a boat to be faster than others. Yes. Origins of this expression date back to around the 17th century. So, again, don't know that we have to wait for votes here. Wow. No, not at all. Yeah. I, for some reason, as soon as you started talking about that, Brady, it hit me. I'm like, I'm thinking, did we ha have we talked about this before or something? Because we've talked about something naughty cool one time with it, with that. Is that, I mean, is that an 80s thing? Because, I mean, well, I used and to see, love watching the America's Cup. And the, well, and know, I could not get the meaning of it or the, the use of it out of my head. You know, when someone says the cut of their jib, they are talking about their appearance. They're, okay. you know, like they're, that's how it's used. But I, could, right. I couldn't. Obviously, I knew nothing about the sail. Good job. I knew nothing about the sailing part. I knew nothing about sailing or boats or anything like that. So, uh, two to one, Brady. A few comments here. Uh, Johnny says a, a jib is a means of leveraging. Uh, Gary is jib of type of casserole <laughs> loaf. Jib loaf. Type of banana candle. Giblet. <laughs> uh, Howard, Brady refers to the manner and way a person comports themselves through life. Yeah, see, and I, Howard, that's kind of what I, I couldn't get the meaning out of my I, – yeah. I, I had no idea the origin. Who, who knew it had something to do with boats? Stormy seas. Yeah, makes sense. It does make sense. Now yeah. uh, all right, Brady, you're up first here. The term or expression is blowing smoke. Blowing smoke. Well, you know, nobody sees well when smoke is in their eyes. So um, in the 60s, when left-handed cigarettes became very popular, <laughs> if somebody was blowing smoke at them, they were obscuring their vision and maybe, you know, making them not of their quite right senses, maybe discombobulating them. So if somebody is blowing smoke at them, they are trying to confuse or conceal their true intentions. They're, they're, it's the equivalent of pulling one's leg or trying to be like, um, oh, uh, sneaky about it. It's a lot like you're blowing smoke at somebody. You're trying to deceive them. Okay. Todd? Well, if it's – is it possible for me to kind of take part of Brady's and, and go my own way with it? Because I, when he started it's talking – Very possible. Um, 
I, I think it goes back much, much earlier than the 60s. Um, I think this is a reference to smoke signals. And I think it's uh, the, the thing I think is like what Brady said is, you know, I think smoke signals were obviously something that could be uh, uh, deciphered by, by uh, uh, friends, but also think that foe could also figure out, uh, you know, smoke signals, like, like code breakers. It's like an early code breaking type thing. Right. Um, so I think that there were certain smoke signals given. Um, just like there would be fake codes given, you know, what, World War II? Was that the code breakers? World War? Yeah, World um, War II. Yeah, so I think when it was smoke signals, uh, I think that they would have been given to throw off the enemy, to, to, to throw off the enemy and um, confuse them, trick them, and uh, to try to gain an upper hand in some sort of confrontation. I think the audience is going to have a rough way to go here. Blowing smoke. This term derives from the 19th century oh. when magicians would often use smoke on stage to help conceal how their tricks were being performed. So, audience, it's up to you. Man. To, uh, Can we split you... that one? <laughs> 1. 1.5 to, or was it 2.5 to 1.5? <laughs> well, uh, Howard's, Howard's vote was for Brady and Todd. So that's kind of the direction he went with it. Uh, yeah, both of you talked about concealing things. So, uh, although coming at it from different angles there. Um, and uh, Ms. Wilson also with the both. So, uh, Do I get special points for saying left handed cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Rook, you might have a little uh, Susan says both. I, I think that's where we're going to go with it with both. Uh, so, uh, do I give both of you a point? Yes. Or... Okay, that's we'll fine. Go. Either way, half point, a point, doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, we'll just say three to two here. Is our score. All right. Brady, three, Todd, two. We'll play to five. How about that? Bye, Eva. Bye, Eva. Okay, Todd. Your expression, face the music. Face the music. So, I think this has to do with uh, the early days of performing music as, a, as an art, as an entertainment. And um, obviously people would have been a bit... Uh, Apprehensive, people would have been a little um, unsure of themselves as far as you know they 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 were so into their art, into their music that they didn't really think much about the uh, the physical appearance of of their person, uh, and I think it's also a, a form of shyness. Um, you know, uh, a lot of great uh, early. Musicians would have been introverts, and so I think when it come time to perform their pieces in front of uh, that, they would have been uh, struggling to actually face the people watching them perform their music. Okay. Brady? And Todd, Todd has disappeared. 
I thought we were losing him there for a second. Um, luckily, I'm a social studies teacher, and I can opine about this. Um, during um, there was a period in the 1800s where um, there was a king of Belgium, King Leopold, and he was known for his extreme brutality. And face the music comes from this well-known author. Um, their neck of the woods, Anders von Klute, that when um, when King Leopold would have people put to death, political prisoners, he would have the band like like the the drumming and the uh, you know, and it would be the the harbinger to the execution, the hanging. So when it was their turn to face the music, they would be marched to the gallows or to the firing range, and like Anders von Klute had um you know he wrote that it was his time to face the music and um so is that uh, it was facing the unpleasant end okay all right so uh todd todd's texting uh, can't get back on signal is strong he's trying so uh we'll we'll move forward here and i'll give you the uh audience can vote here. Face the music. This expression comes from the 19th century when military drums would always play at a court martial. This expression comes from the 19th century when military drums would always play at a court martial. And uh, Miss Wilson drums at a firing squad question mark. That is indeed what the uh, expression was. Uh, Howard's vote for Brady. We'll uh, wait for a few more votes there uh, between uh, Brady's and Todd's uh, descriptions there. Uh, Jim says Brady. Uh, Gary says Brady. Miss Wilson says Brady. Uh, I said Brady, I think uh, those who have been voting will give you a point there. There you go. Did did Anders von Klute sound like a Belgian name? <laughs> I, I, I think it sounds more uh, Dutch. Nether, nether region. <laughs> Anders von Klute? <laughs> uh, the story uh, was right. Uh, the story, story was on, yes. Um, so I don't know. Where, it, it, Todd went first there, right? He did. So this is actually your... Your, your turn to go first. We'll, we'll let you go first here, and uh, maybe Todd will come back on here shortly. All right, so the term or the expression is knock on wood. Actually, our score is four to two there. I didn't put the score up. Brady's up four to two. Knock on wood. Um, well, let me tell you who's not right is the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones because they had it wrong in that song, but that always bugged me, even though I like the song. Um, but, um, how come what? It, it, when you knock on the wood, knock, knock, it scares the, the demons and the, uh, the bad luck specters from the wood that it is haunted. So when you knock on wood, the spirits flee, and it will bring you good luck and good fortune because the evil spirits are gone because you knocked on the wood. Okay. Uh, Todd, uh, oh, 
Here he is. Just in time. Well, your, your timing is impeccable. Crap. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't know what happened. I yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you heard any of this, but I uh, didn't. I heard nothing. I uh, I was giving my answer and then I just went out. Okay, let's so, just have him give his explanation. And yeah. well, he he doesn't even know this one. We we uh, Brady got the last one. I did was it was right. Uh, now I'll, I'll recap here. Uh, the face of music. Uh, the expression comes from 19th century when military drums would always play at a court martial. Gotcha. So, uh, gotcha. Expression was basically that. Yeah, mine. Mine was not military based. I was talking yeah. about. Uh, I was talking about music, but I wasn't talking about military right. drums. Okay, so uh, the expression is knock on wood. Knock on wood. It's Brady's turn. Brady already went. Oh, what? I don't get to hear his. His uh, so I don't steal it. I don't get to hear his. Uh, wow. All right. Um, knock on wood. But you may come up with the same answer and get. I'm all. I'm all discombobulated. Um, let's see. Brady, you can recap your answer there. If, uh, to be fair. Okay. I said that um, when one knocks on wood, they were afraid that it. In the wood, the forest that was harvested, there was evil spirits and specters and bad luck attached to the wood. And when you knocked on wood, the evil spirits would flee and you would have good luck because you scared them out of the wood. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think it has something to do with coffins. I think it has something to do with wooden coffins and um, uh, knocking to make sure that, uh, well, number one, if you heard knocking in, in, in a coffin, then the person obviously wasn't dead and they could be possibly buried alive. Uh, on the other end of that, you would knock on the coffin to to assure that the person inside is not just asleep or you know regaining consciousness after losing it or something like that. So um, I think it refers to knocking wood to assure to ensure in this case ensure that the person inside of the coffin is actually deceased, uh, which obviously which obviously just turned into. Uh, uh, to knocking on wood to uh, to assure that something doesn't happen. So in that case, it was to assure that someone doesn't get buried um, while alive. Because it used Very. to happen. It used to happen quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, knock on wood. Originates from medieval Europe when people thought that trees had good spirits living in them. Tapping on them was thought to let these spirits know that you were there for good luck. Holy cow! See, the problem is Brady knows this stuff. Like I said before, I have to, I have to rely on my bullshit. Brady knows <laughs> it. Okay, I got to be honest. I made that up, sort of. I, I swear, I didn't know that exactly. I oh, just kind of. I. I <laughs> or had you heard it, and not remembered? Yeah, that could be. Maybe. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So again, no, no, no. Uh, don't no, even need no vote. vote needed. Yeah, no vote needed. Brady has he got five yet? He, he does. Put me five. out of my misery, man. Five, five to two. Yes. I think this is my hottest game here. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, again, it's. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have this kind of knowledge. I just have my. Uh, my. Quick I, I do. Want, I would do want to go on record. I do want to go on record that the Mongols did make ear necklaces. <laughs> I wasn't making that part up. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Let me have my one point. Well, I, uh, I wasn't even close. Far and squar. <laughs> Far and squar. All right. Uh, uh, good game, squar. gentlemen. Good game. Uh, we are up on the two-hour mark. Oh, how so, uh, so, uh Actually, I've, I've not yet shown my shirt. 
Let's see it. Let's see it. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. I, One of the best shows I on TV strike right now. First strike hard. <laughs> and that brings up the whole debate as to whether Danielson was actually the good guy or the bad guy. Well, if I can nerd out a little bit here, we, we just had that conversation with my students about Odysseus and Polyphemus. You know, in the story, Odysseus's curiosity is always getting the best of him. He ends up, he ends up, he and his men end up in Polyphemus's cave. Uh, they steal his cheese, steal his milk. Um, you know, they want. They don't steal his salmon loaf. They, they, they want to leave. Uh, Odysseus doesn't. He wants to see who lives there again. His curiosity. So Polyphemus, this giant, you know, one-eyed monster, comes back, finds people in his home who have stolen his goods. So he traps them in there and kills some of Odysseus's men. So the whole time, obviously, my students are thinking that Polyphemus is this terrible creature. Ogre. But in all honesty, is Odysseus the bad guy? Just protecting his stuff. Exactly. I mean, they looted his stuff. They did. So I think the same thing with Daniel. Um, you know, he comes in. He's the new kid. He steals a girlfriend. Steals Johnny's girlfriend. Eric, you've been making this argument, I think, even before Cobra Kai, that, that Danielson yep. was the uh, yep. antagonist. Yes, indeed. And that's the beauty of it, because the movie itself, honestly, is, is not a real good movie. But that whole is he or is he not thing it yeah. gives it a whole new dimension. It, it was good when you're a teenager. Exactly. Babies, yeah. but, not good. but the show is fantastic. I, I will it's say, so I bad mean, it's good. I'll give you that. But, uh, <laughs> the show is very well written. I, I've, oh, I've, yeah. never, I've never seen a show where the writing does such a good job of con- continuing a story that was told, what, 30 years ago? And, <laughs> I, uh, and does such a good job of connecting pieces that you, know, you didn't even realize needed connecting. <laughs> you, you guys have got to listen to the Gary Goldman bit about no can defend <laughs> about the karate kid. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. <laughs> can defend. <laughs> that, that whole bit is awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to show my vintage shirt here. Nice. But, uh, anyway, I uh, do want to give another plug to our show next week, our interview on Let's Chat Live. That will be our show for the week. And again, we're trying to work out the logistics where we can stream on our usual uh, outlets here. And I would invite everyone who's here or been here uh, who will watch our show here or listen, uh, chime in and uh, log in and uh, be a part of our interview. Because, again, you are as much a product of the success of this show as we are. So always welcome. Yes. Once again, another plug for our buddy Blake Kibler. Um, His new book, Time Served, is out now on Amazon.com. You can go there and you can order the – you can get the uh, Kindle version or you can get the paperback version. Um, And uh, I've been told if you get the paperback version, he'll even sign up for you. So um, guys, check him out. uh, Upcoming – Maybe famous someday. That's right. Yep. Hell of a guy. So uh, definitely could, could use your support there. All right. Anything else for the good of the order, gentlemen? All good. All good. Fun show. Yes. All right. So Although again, nauseatingly funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, audience, uh, or excuse me, audio version out Friday morning as usual. So, Todd, take us out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2 and our website, 
at anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. Thanks again. And join us next time as we play it by ear.